All right, we're going. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of Spurs Out West. I'm Max. And I'm Stan. <laughs> and yeah, this is going to be the first episode. Not sure about what the length is going to be looking like. We're just recording on Zoom for this first one until we get some some better mics in. Um, but yeah, Stan, you want to you want to talk about what, what our topic is for this for this episode? Yes. This is something we've always wanted to do, um, and we're really excited to talk about it. My, Max and I are big Tottenham fans, and we're not going to keep it a secret. So uh, if y'all are interested in Spurs content, we've got that out the wazoo, and I'm really, really excited. For today, um, we've got £100 million to spend, uh, hypothetically, but Spurs have £100 million to spend in reality. So, of course, we're going to try and act like we know all and say, all right, Mr. Levy, how would you spend this a hundred million pounds. Oh, but we're just Sorry, go ahead. We uh, so we've both picked five players, and I think that we're going to try and surprise each other. I haven't read Max's. Yeah, we we don't know what each other's picked. I actually picked three. So we three. Both, yeah, I only picked three. So okay, we both have a complete. I think we're going to have very different choices. Hopefully. Um, oh yeah. As of so, we're recording this on Monday, June twenty seventh. So I'm going to try to get this out as quickly as possible. Hopefully. Um, none of the signings that we've proposed or any other signings have been announced by the time this goes out. Um, but yeah, recording this on the 27th and then on the 25th, the, the whole theme is based on um, 100 million of the 150 cash injection being transferred publicly exclusively for the transfer budget. So that's where, that's where we're going. Um and without further ado, I guess we can just get going. Do you, do you have a preference for, would you want to go first? Do you want to, or do you want to have a big finish? Um, I thought I'd ask you first, how have our, um, our current signings we've already made influenced your decisions going forward? Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking about that too. So for me, first thing I'm thinking, I, I thought about was positions that need filling, right? So for me, that's left wing back. Um, I think Reggie has to go. I love him, but he probably needs to go for the system. Yeah. Right wing back. Um, Emerson's looking like uh, I think it's going to be Atletico. It seems I think. And I also think that it'll due to the length of his contract he has a five year deal. So I think it'll probably be a, um, a loan with an option or an obligation. Yeah. And then a left center back. Um, we needed a center mid. We needed a backup keeper. And then we needed at least one forward. That's just without outgoings, too. So not even considering the fact that we're going to lose Stevie B, we're going to lose Winks, etc. So, yeah, we brought in Perisic. So left wing back, that's perfectly, it was beautiful for me. You know, for me, it was him or Kostic, and I preferred him. So left wing back is totally um, covered. Forster, backup keeper, sorted. And then Basuma in that center mid position is just unreal depth. I mean, you think about the level that our midfield was performing at even after uh, Skip was out for the season and yeah, I'll take kind of pulled the wings out of the team. And so I think with Basuma, Hoybier, um, Ben Tancor and Skip kind of all rotating, it'll be fantastic. So yeah, re- remaining positions that I selected, I have a right wing back, I have a left center back and I have a forward. And then I also have an honorable mention category for wingers for, for Stevie B's exit, but it's going to be out of budget. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cool. I've got center forward. I've got two cams, a yeah. left wing and a center back. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, should we just do like rock paper or uh, heads or tails and then ask Siri? Or oh uh, yeah. So do you, what do you want? Heads or tails? I'll take tails. Okay. Flip a coin. It's gonna be. It's gonna be heads. So I'm going first. You go first. Okay. So I'll start with right wing back. I think my I have three candidates per category. Um, gotcha. So. First one is the most obvious, which is the most heavily linked. It's Jed Spence, 21 yeah. years old, came off an amazing loan spell at Nottingham. Doesn't look like he's going to go there. It seems like via Sky and kind of everyone that he's set on a Spurs move. Yeah. Um, the talks have kind of stalled, so I don't really know if, it's, if we're looking elsewhere or something. But, yeah, I think he's going to come in. I think we'll be able to get him for around 12 mil. I think partially why it's stalling is because Levy's heading it up and he's trying to like, he knows that Spence wants Spurs. So I think he's going to try to wait out um, whoever else. I know Dorman and Roma are interested, but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, his main deal is, is attacking output and, and physicality. I think that's why I understand that he's just come off. Oh, he's had one breakout year in the championship, but his size is really big. Uh, I think he's six one. I might be wrong, but Good. I didn't know that. He's let me double check, but I'm, yeah, he's 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 a tall guy, which is nice. You kind of watch, yeah, he's six one. So you watch him play, and you're kind of, he looks like a little bit of a brute, which is great. So yeah, um, couple stats. I mean, interceptions, ninetieth percentile. He's got two point, putting up two point six nine per ninety, and then he's also in the ninetieth for successful dribbles, one point six one per ninety. And then he's also putting up a little over five progressions from deep per night, which is only 83rd percentile. But yeah, I think that's what we kind of need is we had, we had trouble as much as I love Emerson so much. And I'm going to be really sad to see him go. <clears throat> I think having a player that is really successful at take-ons and taking players on is, is going to be huge. Um, so he's the first yeah. candidate. Second one is Jonathan Klaus from FIFA uh, God. Um, yeah, from from Law, who's just had like an insane season uh, in Liga. He's 29, so a little bit on the older side. I mean, I think if we didn't have Doherty, I would be like, yes. But I think because Doherty, I was comparing him and Doherty's numbers, Doherty being in a more physical league, and I just think no need. Like, I think I think we need we need. What we have with Perisic and uh, Sess on one side, we need to do on the on the right. So, yeah. But still, you know, 0.3 assists per 90. It's 97th. 3.84 shot creating actions from right wing back is a little. It's pretty ridiculous, but yeah, for the sake of his age. And then my third one was Hakimi, which is like I didn't even bother putting his stats because he's playing in a four this season, and he's you know, also be about 70 mil. Oh so, yeah, if that if if maybe um, not. 90 yeah so i mean he's ridiculous and under Conte, he was he was a different breed but i don't think that that's even in the cards yeah the the thing about the parasitch signing is that he was very likely the best player available in that position and he was free and i think we look at like our right wing problem and look at hakimi um you realize how like clutch it was that we were able to get parasitch yeah um because i mean like a key, and the fact that they were able to play in the same team together not a year ago um, is just is just ridiculous. But yeah. I'm really grateful for Perisic. But Jed Spence has got to be the only guy on that list that Spurs would be seriously considering. Um, he brings everything that they want, and his attacking numbers are just filthy. Yeah, uh, 
and we're starting to see, I think, a lot of guys coming up from the championship who can handle it. I'm thinking first first and foremost, like Jared Bowen, Adam Armstrong uh, at Southampton. Andrew These guys Orson came from home. Yeah, guys, we're actually playing relatively well. I mean, Sessegnon's made a transition, too, when he was younger. Um, so the championship's becoming a more sensible place to get talent uh, more reliably. Yeah. But I think that we're really stupid if we don't go for Jed Spence. And at that point, Jonathan Klopp would be the only person we could get so that I, we're not rioting. I didn't even pick a right wing back. So Yeah, I mean, it's got to be – it, it makes sense to not pick a right wing back because Spence is just the obvious choice. I mean, I know we looked at Singo too, who's around that same kind of like he's pretty he's pretty young. But for me, it's no. like we're gonna get Jed Spence probably gonna be ten to fifteen, and it's like if we're paying that for Singo. I'd always go for Spence just because we need. Um, excuse me, we need a uh, homegrown. We need some English players. So yeah, Danny Rose would be fuming right now if we signed Singo. So um, probably a good idea not to. I yeah. think. Um, so yeah, obviously with that in mind, we pretty much revealed it already, but Spence was my choice for right wing back. So that's about, like I said, probably, I'm going to say 12 mil to be safe of our transfer budget ticked off. Yeah. Next category is kind of the most contentious one. I think it's obviously I'm, I didn't even bother. It's left center back. Um, I didn't didn't even bother putting Bastonian. Bastonian is like my favorite. If we get, if I honestly, bro, I'd put like 110 mil on Bastonian. I just love Bastonian. Like (laughs) unbelievable. So I didn't even bother putting him because it just seems like Inter are kind of being, I don't know what Inter are doing. That's a whole, it could be a whole, an episode of itself. Just me ranting about Inter, but so my, my three, yeah, my three candidates are uh, Indica from Frankfurt. Um, Badia Chile from, from, uh, Monaco. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Yeah. And, uh, just go Guardiol from, from Red Bull. Gotcha. Leipzig. So yeah. And Dika, great, great. Um, he's more, he's not really, I was looking at his stats and I was like kind of confused because he doesn't have great passing numbers. He doesn't have the best dribbling numbers. So I was like, where's this guy getting this attacking output? And I think it is just, uh, final third positioning because he's putting up, I mean, he has nine, he's in the 90th percentile for uh, ex, expected assists. It's like 0.09, which is pretty good for a, for a center back. Yeah. Uh, and what I also liked what I was seeing about him is I think this season, um, a lot of different games come to mind, namely uh, Burnley away. And I think Southampton, it was away when we lost like three, two aerial problems, like poor positioning in the air. This guy's winning 4.33 aerials aerial duels per 90 which was great i'm also putting up um about two and a half blocks for 92 so great solidity in defensive numbers um bundesliga is a it's not as a physical of a league but it's definitely as fast-paced of a league as the premier league yeah i think that i mentioned he's on my list um and so i've got some thoughts about him we can just jump into that he we need somebody to win aerial duels and we need somebody to win aerial duels very badly. Um, on both ends of set pieces, we're one of the worst teams. In the league. And so Indica's got the ability, I think, to just absolutely get over anyone he needs to. Um, his block numbers are really, really high. Tackles, mm-hmm. pressures, aerial duels. He's incredibly aggressive. Um, yeah. And I don't think that's actually a problem uh, with Romero in that back line as well. I think establishing a theme of aggression on both sides of the back line would be really interesting, especially because we're rocking that back three. Um, 
And also, I just would love to mention that Indika can play wingback, and it's the most chaotic thing I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, last year, I watched him play wingback for Frankfurt in a couple uh, Europa League matches, oh. and guy is so much fun to watch going forward um he's incredibly fast he's so much faster than i think people give him credit for yeah um know that that's not going to be put to any use going forward i don't think conte wants to use him i wouldn't want to use him going forward i just can tell you the dude's a beast he's incredibly quick he's a great reader of the game but yeah. mostly it's those block and header clearance numbers that make me just swoon over indica yeah. that's what kind of caught my eye too that we're looking at like obviously bastoni is a hundred percent who we should go for if ever it's just the lord wanted everything to work out for us yeah. um but i really think if we signed indica i think spurs fans should be happier than i anticipate we would be if that happened yeah i, I would definitely be satisfied with indica um i definitely don't think and i don't think anyone would, could really complain especially when we're considering through all this left center back talk like there is ben davies it's it's not as desperate of a, of a, of a position to fill as it seems. Mm -hmm. It's not like we have no one or we have a horrible, you know, filler in there. Ben Davies was incredible this season. And I think what we're really looking at is, com is competition for Ben Davies. And that same thing we were, I was talking about with the wingback positions of a youthful player coming in and Ben Davies, like just them being able to see Ben Davies in a game, and be like, okay, he did that there. I need to, I would probably do this differently or, you know, things like that. Um, it'd be great. So yeah. Take a little a bit of a deep breath, at least for me, knowing that that daddy Davies is at the back. Um, yeah. So my second choice is Badia Shile. I don't know if that's who you say, it, but this guy's 21, left-sided center back for my guy. You've got to enlighten me. So I I um kind of had just seen him crop up in some in some links and i know that monaco are they're a good side they're not they haven't been title challengers um in a long time last time i remember monaco being kind of unplayable was when they had all those like fabinho and bernardo silva and a ridiculous amount of stars um but yeah badi chile is 21 he's probably going to come in between 25 and 30 mil i have him at 27 um and i think monaco play a four i'm not 100 sure on that but they do they play a four. yeah okay and even in that position like i was saying where indica is not really putting up um like concrete passing and dribbling numbers batty Sheila is putting up 4.5 4.5 uh progressive passes per 90 which is really high um and he's also above 90 90th percentile for interceptions with little Good. and he's winning 3.86 aerials per 90 so it's a little bit under indica but i think you're sacrificing mm -hmm. uh, indica you're sacrificing the progressive pass numbers that badia chile has so i think you know with people not having watched him as much um frankfurt i think indica and, and costage really got the spotlight on them from frankfurt's europa league run Whereas Monaco just kind of had like an okay, like a pretty decent season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I honestly am just as happy with this with Badi Chile as I am with Indica, um, especially considering how young he is. And of course, third, we have the most, you know, most notable name on this list, which is Josco Guardiol. 20 yeah. years old, Leipzig, left center back. This dude is a demon. Like, He's putting up 
one a little over one shot creating action per 90. Man. A dribble completed per 90, which is the 99th percentile. And he's putting up more interceptions than Badia Shile and Indika. He's just, if you look at his FBP stats, that's where I'm pulling all this from. It's the yeah. green thing I've ever seen. Like every attacking stat is maxed. I know he's going to cost, I heard Alistair Gold say probably at least 80 mil. To be honest with you, I think it's going to be more like 70. Because if you look at his transfer marked and and his basically his transfer value on practically every stat site, it's only yeah. between 35 and 40 mil. And I understand he's contracted until 2026. Yeah. But I mean, double that, like I think 70 can 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 get maybe with some add-ons or something, but I think 70 gets him away. Yeah. Um, and I just love him. I think I, I didn't want to get this player. I didn't want to pick Vardiol. But then I looked at his stats and I was just thinking about it and I was like, man, this would be incredible. Like this guy is just a baller. Um, helps that he has the Croatian connection to with Perisic. That'd be a really cool left side. Uh, and he is kind of up there with Bastoni in terms of this kind of like new um, breed of like marauding left center backs. Those yeah. Are fine. So yeah, I picked, I picked Vardiol. So that's a big chunk of the budget gone. Um but yeah, I picked Vardiol. Cool. I just, I mean, I, I saw some rumors that Leipzig were basically going to do with, with him what they just did with Nkunku, which was pro- like give him a new contract with a release clause so that like next summer or the summer after that, they can sell him. But yeah. he's often contracted to 2026. So like, I don't really understand like, what are you going to get him a 2027 extension? Like, I, I don't really understand that. So yeah, I'd be happy with Guardiola. Um, the only thing is that he's his his brashness scares me more than any other center back that we've yeah. mentioned. Yeah, um, well, someone we've been linked with this summer already. Um, but I've heard, and you know, this is you can talk to Leipzig fans on Twitter if you want. But uh, you can see them off, often swiping up on whoever gets excited about Guardiola, and they just start trolling. And they're just like, "He's shit. You don't want him. He's <laughs> yeah, Don't yeah. need him." And um, that's always you know, turns me off, but not, not necessarily in a legitimate way. Just like uh, it's funny to watch fans talk about what kind of players, you know, how they actually perceive their own players. And Guardi was like somebody who I'd be super excited about, but would also definitely not the finished product. And it's going to need some work that we like will have to bear the brunt of. And the question is whether I think Conte wants to like, you know, start teaching somebody how to do something again when, with the signings we've already made, it looks like that's not the case. Yeah. I mean, I like, like, I like the idea of him coming under Conte and just becoming like, you know, super fit, like under Conte preseason and like getting, getting those defensive numbers up this like, and, and kind of just showing him the way of being like a, like a low block defender, like a counterattacking defender, like he did with, with yeah. the, the defenders that we already had. Um, so I am kind of banking on that. And with such a, with a, with such a big fee, it is a little scary. Um, but I think, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm happy about Indica slash buddy Chile, but you know, Spurs fans seeing a hundred mil being taken out of the transfer budget. I think mm. everyone's expecting and, and even not, not even Spurs fans, just the footballing world. Yeah. Spurs dropped like a bunch of money on someone. And yeah. 
I want to see us do that Van Dyke, that Allison, that Fabinho thing where it's like the option costs 75 mil. What are we going to do? Are we going to buy three dudes that are not, that are, that are not as good? Or are we just going to buy the option? You know? Yeah. We have. Yeah. So that's what, yeah, that's my whole center back. My Perfect. Vibe. Um, and then finally I've gone with just a forward because granted we need, um, we need whoever we bring in to be able to play kind of across a, fr- a front line. So yeah. my first one is the most linked one. The one that hopefully, hopefully this hasn't happened by the time this goes out. Um, but it's Richarlison. Yeah. That's the biggest link right now. Richarlison is a funny one because he didn't put, he, he wasn't really like in the absence of Calvert-Lewin for Everton was not really doing that much toward the, toward the beginning of the season. Yeah. The back end when they kind of needed him the most, he really turned up and he really started getting crucial goals. He started putting away the penalties that he needed to do to put away. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, for me, not worth 60 mil. I think that he's a little bit of a stylish player. Like, I don't think that he's like in front of goal. I don't trust it too much. He's put up, he's, he's scored 10 goals with five assists and 28 starts, which is good. It's really good. Um, but yeah, his main thing, I think, which is why Conte likes him is he has really high uh, defensive numbers for a forward. Really yeah. good pressures, really good tackle numbers. So I think that's why it's like we need we need the like, and and the fact that he's just like the most annoying player to play against ever. Which until yeah. these links, I despise Richarlison. But if we get him, he's going right on the back of my jersey. Like I think it's the sickest thing yeah. ever. <laughs> First problem, and this and and the Richarlison is a kind of signing that fixes it. Uh, we have a problem with that. It's impossible to find some who's going to play backup striker. So yeah. it's one, it's incredibly likely we're going to get people to be back up in the front line, but it's an even more difficult to find someone, an additional person who's just going to be like, yeah, I'll play back up to him and son. Like yeah. those two guys are so obviously going to start. And as long as we play a three, five, two, which we've looked better in other than the three, four, three, there's basically no other forward that's going to get in that front line. The best thing about Richarlison is that his ability to play on the left wing and through the middle means that we'll find someone who's okay with being cover for two guys who are basically, you're not going to get in past them on the team. And there's very few teams uh, who have players like that, that we can snipe and just take. And there's very few players on earth that are just willing to accept that kind of role. But because is rare left wingers center forwards uh by by the way i have another player who's exactly like that coming mm-hmm. up later um uh i think it's really important that if we're we're not going to be able to get a backup for son on the left because we've got parasitch and we're not going to be able to get a backup for kane really that does anything meaningful so richarlison covers both of those things and i think he'll be able to get in more match days than i think he expects himself because of that versatility and because honestly, I could see I could see Son playing through the right, especially the higher a wingbacks push up, because I don't think it matters. And I'm really banking on Kulisevsky having about the same goal output he had last year, yeah. this year, even though he'll have twice the amount of games. Like it would be really ridiculous to expect Kulisevsky to get 24 goal contributions next season, because right. that would be that would be doubling it. So 
yeah. it really helps to have Richarlison come in and and that's he's so perfectly specific for that Love yeah it. yeah I mean I was thinking about the way because I think you see at the beginning of Premier League games when they when they pull up the lineup and they say okay this is how we think they're gonna line up we always look like we're in a three, four, three, but if you look at like the way that players, the way that our, our front three shift around, we almost play like this lopsided triangle. Like it's not really a three, five, two. It's not really a three, four, three because Kane is receiving Kane's receiving these like deep passes while sun runs across him. So sun becomes like the forward Kane kind of drops into this like playmaking cam role. And then Kulisevsky just kind of hangs out over here. Like, creating but they're both they're both playing inversely Kulisevsky just isn't making like getting behind runs so just someone that can like yeah basically do it all like you just said Kulisevsky can play on the left and yeah so that ability in the front line is not for when we make subs and it's not for when we have injuries and it's not for when we're planning something or okay. trying to change it's for that specific moment in the game where someone's running off of someone and we can hit you on either side of the field. So the fact that Kane, we had Son and Kulisevsky both running right at that gap that this pulled out center back has made, one of them flicking it on to the other. Um, Richarlison fits in perfectly with that. And honestly, I think Richarlison is just like salivating at the mouth, just foaming, ready to be a part of the what has been in recent memory the most electric attack in the Premier League? I'm, still, I'm talking about since January. Yeah. Um, if I'm Richarlison, this is a no-brainer. If I'm Spurs, it's a no-brainer. If I'm yeah. Everton, I understand why I'm reluctant, but also they have – I think they've got to kind of bite the bullet a little bit because Gary um, um, is an absolute moron, and I think that if you, want, if you want to do it and move on in any way, I would get rid of Richarlison. Yeah, I think they got to get rid of Richarlison. I mean, I don't think that anyone wants Calvert-Lewin, really. Maybe Man United come in for him, but, like, I really don't think it's going to happen. You know, Arsenal Jesus, and I don't think that would have been a good signing anyway. So, I think Calvert-Lewin is, like, probably going to stay. I mean, I think he also needs needs another season at Everton to kind of pull up his um, market value again because he was injured so much. So, yeah, I think it's got to be Richarlison. Who do you next? So my next one is is one of two rogue shouts. It's this guy Charles de Ketelera from Club Bruges. He <laughs> he's on my list too. Really? Damn based. Okay, so he's yeah, super young. He's like twenty. Wait, let me look. He's twenty one. I've been following this guy for like five years. I love Charles de Ketelera. Yes. Um, Bruges, Bruges have been a, are a super fun club to watch in not only in European football, but in the Belgian league. So if you get a chance, listeners, go watch Bruges. They are so fun. The Belgian league is awesome. And, and Max will tell you, this kid, this kid can play. He is sick. So basically, he is a goal scorer, but then he also has this, this um, title. He's been given this title of like the new Kevin De Bruyne because of his like playmaking ability too. Yeah. So... Yeah, he has 14 goals, eight assists, and 31 starts, which is very good. I understand it's a lower-level league, but I still think, you know, for what we're kind of looking for, I think it's super yeah. impressive. Been uh, that three years, though, and very consistent. good. He's He's been putting up those numbers in, in the Belgian Pro League for about three years now. And keep in mind, that's a midfield that has uh, 
Hans Vinaken, who's a regular starter for the Belgian national team, and Rui Vormer, who's also a regular starter for the, the, the Belgian national team. Um, those guys usually play in the middle if Witzel or Nangalan aren't playing. And so De Ketelera has definitely been in and around this Belgian system for a while. Like if you're Belgian or if you're part of that Belgian national team system, this kid is not a stranger. Yeah. So he's probably going to be. So I, I know that AC Milan, as well as Leicester City, are supposedly interested slash linked. Um, one, of, one of whom has proposed, I think, a 35 million uh, pound your euro bid I think that's what 30 35 million pound is what I have him costing um, but yeah he's putting up more pressures than Richarlison he's making insane he's making uh, three and a half ca- progressive carries per 90 and he's in the 97th percentile for assists he almost has he almost has half an assist a game so he's just he just creates like nothing else and Sorry for the creaking in the background, but yeah, I, I just like think that, think that he would be awesome. I think that he would learn so much, and I think his versatility would be perfect because I think he can slot in for Kulisevsky, and I think he can slot in for Kane because he can because he can play deeper and then play out Son, and he can also we, probably just play as like this kind of like false nine striker. Have a ten, and and we need a ten right now. That's why I've got two of them on my list. Like yeah. the probably one of the better examples, and um. It's no surprise that Leeds have been linked with him. If you look at who Leeds have been linked with all summer, I want Leeds every single too. Huh? Are Leeds linked with him too? Yeah, they are. I've I've um I've wanted every single player Leeds have been linked with this summer, by the way. They've yeah. wanted Jack Harrison, Rafinha, Charles de Cadillaire, like <laughs> these guys that I've been like, man, really Leeds are going for them? Yeah, that's they've had a good window so far. I'm interested to see how they do next season. Yeah. Who's uh? What other what other players have you got? Because I um that basically we've talked about Indica and Decatelier for me. So I've got five again, but I've added two uh, from my my honorable mention list. Yeah. Um. So is it really loud? The trash? No, I can't hear anything. Oh, sweet. Okay. So my third shout is Emmanuel Dennis from Watford. He is twenty four. He has um, a, like probably about this. He's basically like, this is what's going to piss me off is that if we get Richarlison for 60 mil, Everton are going to go and sign Dennis and Dennis is going to do exactly what Richarlison did. He's going to be have the exact same output. Right now we're looking at Richarlison, but younger for 12 yeah. mil instead of 60. He is putting, he has better tackle numbers than Richarlison. He has yeah. way better dribble dribble completion numbers than Richarlison, two and a half. He has good shot creation numbers, and he has 16 contributions in 30 games. And no offense to Watford fans, a wank side. He's he's getting it on his back. Like I understand he fell off a little bit toward the tail end of the season, but I think Watford in general just fell off a little bit toward the tail end of the season once they realized that they were probably going to get relegated. Yeah. So I think Dennis is. I mean, he's Premier League proven. He doesn't have the pedigree of a Richarlison, but neither they were both in a relegation scrap, and neither of them have European experience. So it's not that it's a it's a disparity, but not a super noticeable one. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, and he can play across the front three. He can play in a center forward. You can you can throw him out wide. He's rapid. Another and also another Bruges graduate too. Funnily enough, 
rapid rapid but yeah dennis is my pick for attacker so yeah it's about it comes out to roughly around 100 mil with uh guardiol so let's say spence and, and dennis are both 15 so yeah that's my 100 mil and then i also wanted to shout out these three wingers who we could potentially get if we sell stevie b yes um number one anthony gordon has been linked with us today i don't think it's gonna happen yeah. Those have been weird. That's an interesting one. I would, I'd be happy for him um, of shining light in an otherwise terrible season for Everton. Yeah. Uh, he's got some flair to him and some inventiveness. I wouldn't be against. And he's the, like has the kind of like ratty thing that Richarlison does. I mean, I think that he yeah. is like Everton's future. Like, I think even if they went down, it would have been hard to prize him out of Everton because he's like mm-hmm. fans, I think love him. Yeah. But yeah. Second one, Michael Elise would be unreal. He's so good. He is um I mean, I've heard I've heard multiple players talk about there's one player I, I saw, I forget who it was. He was like a guy that was in an a, an academy um at Reading, I think yeah. it was. And he was saying that there was one player he he played that literally just like he was a defender that he felt and he felt like he was pretty good. And there was just one mm-hmm. player that he came up against. And he would just like look up from his feet and the play and he would be gone. And it was Michael Elise. Like, I think he's a really good chance creator. And he's also just like, he's like 2021 and he's like, would just be unbelievable. I think in the next few years, I think if we could bring, if we could bring at, him through. Um, looking at his stats on football reference, he's got, he's got the makings of a Musa Dembele 2.0. I mean, 95th percentile for progressive carries, 89th percentile progressive passes. I mean, those are the kinds of players that we have needed since yeah. 20 there's been nothing linking us to you know from midfield to attack and i think having him in the front three would be would be crazy oh, I mean, so yeah he's 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 silky i think it's the best way to describe it and that's then a third, great third is the obvious one rafinha who has just yeah. creates, creates chances like nothing else um i'm gonna be a little annoyed if arsenal get him just because i don't know where they're getting all this money from but fair play if they get him i guess yeah, he, he'd probably be my ideal out of the three, just because he he's the most like I don't really think Michael Elise slash Anthony Gordon are starting in a Champions League knockout round if we got to that point and someone was injured. So mm-hmm. I'd probably go Rafinha, but yeah. In terms of my hundred mil, I've got Emmanuel Dennis, Yosko Guardiol, and Jed Spence. Awesome. Yeah, on to you. Would be happy with any of those guys. Um. So yeah, I kind of my approach was. I picked five guys that I liked and the fifth one, um, two of them are MLS players that I am. I just have to, anytime I'm going to be able to mention MLS, I'm going to get to mention MLS. Yeah. Um, I really think that this is a league that Spurs should be looking at more to start getting players. Uh, so I just, just to kind of test the water, I've got two guys. Then I've got two league on guys and I've got a premier league player. So cool. I'll go ahead and mention my favorite on this list. Uh, you and I've talked about him in the past, but his name is Sario Girassi and he plays for Rennes oh, yeah. for Ren. And uh, he's got some very interesting stats. So he's a 98th percentile in non-penalty goals. He's in 98th percentile among forwards in Europe, among non-penalty expected goals. He is in, uh, he's the 96th percentile for shot total per match. He has 3.99 shots per 90. That is an insane amount of volume. Um, he has 94% pass completion. He has like almost seven touches in the box a game. This guy is a man 
he only scored nine goals in 34 appearances last last uh, last campaign. So these are numbers that are kind of cherry picked a little bit. Yeah. But he is somebody who is got backup striker written all That's over in a I honestly think he could transition into something much more. He gets in the box, he gets touches in the box, and he shoots the ball, which is a honestly for a club with the two highest goal scorers in the league and for the most deadly striking partnership of all time, we still have a problem with. Yeah. Um, we don't shoot the ball enough. And so Garrity is also in that Richarlison blend where he could play on the left wing as well, which means you would only need to sign him and Rich or Richarlison, like guys like that. Transfer market says he's 11 million. I'm going to call bullshit and I'm going to say we could probably get him for between 17 to 22 million. Yeah. Um, he's Senegalese. He's a, he's incredibly, uh, he's quick. He's got good finishing, but really the reason I like him is because he gets on the end of chances a lot. And next yeah. season, if we know anything to be true, we're going to have a lot of chances. Yeah. It's so, also worth mentioning that he, I'm looking at it right now and nine goals in 37 appearances is a little rough, but it's only, he, he started seven times. So, you know, yeah. He's only, I mean, he's 26, so he's not the finished product. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think. In a team that gives a more important role, I feel like he could have a little bit better numbers. Yeah, I mean, I think he's someone, that's like something we talk about a lot, like on, I always see on Twitter is like, who's going to be our statement forward that can play, like we were saying, across the front line. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, like the most essential kind of utility signing that we can't forget to make this summer, which we probably will forget to make this summer is just a backup striker. And yeah. unless Troy Parrott gets to preseason looking like, you know, Leon Goretzka and becomes <laughs> ridiculous specimen. I don't think, I think they'll probably, he'll probably go out on loan again, as will Dane Scarlett. So. Yeah. And, yeah. and both of those guys be okay with that. Um, it's pretty clear the patience that the club is showing with these guys and what these guys are showing the club and fans we need to get somebody in who can just do the job. And I think Garrity, while maybe not be the specific type we're looking for, I think he checks every box more than the other players we've been linked to. And be honest, Spurs fans, are you happy with the attackers we're being linked with? You're not. There's no way you are. Um, we've been linked with some absolute dog water attackers as strikers. We haven't been linked with a single 10 all summer. So anyways, that's Garrity. I've got another Leon guy in Rayon Cherokee uh, from Leon. Uh, he's 18 and he can 18. play in, huh? He's only 18. He's 18. Um, yeah, 18 in 30, 30, 314 days. He is a cam. He can play in the central midfield. And one of my favorite things about him is he looks like Moussa Dembele from 2017. I keep on mentioning him, but I've been looking at players that I've been trying to sign for the past five years that all can achieve the same thing, which is take the ball in the midfield and bring it forward 25 yards. Yeah. And Cher, look on his, if you look at some of his stats, he's in the 90th or above percentile in progressive carries. He's in the 80th percentile for, I mean, 98th percentile for progressive carries, which that is an insane stat. And that's, that's a stat worth paying 15 million for right off the bat. I think Ryan Cherokee is a player that um, Leon would be stupid to let go of, which means we should get him. Like if I know that the team we're buying them from would be really mad that we bought him, then I know that that's probably something we've done right. So I've always liked him the way he, I really like the way he plays and we don't really allow room for a number 10 in Conte's system. So we have a Barella type, a player who can play in the 10 if he played in the team that had a 10, <laughs> but he can't play a 10 because we don't have a 10. So this is where I'm worried about De Catalera, even if he, even though he's in my list, he's who I've got after Cherokee. Um, 
but I think Cherokee is just a kind of a no-brainer. Transformark says he's only 18 million. I'm calling total, total off by that. We're not going to get him anything less than 35 million. Bro, he's out of contract in a year. Oh, are you serious? Out of contract. I, I just checked. Yeah, he's out of contract in 2023. So I'm we can have for like 15 for me. Yeah, I think that that makes it even better. He he has a somewhat high shot volume with solid expected assists, but it's the numbers that he makes with the ball at his feet that impress me the most. Yeah. Um, I love Ryan Cherokee. I'm gonna get to my injury. Just he have, I swear I heard that he's like kind of an injury prone player, but I might be wrong. I haven't checked his injury, um, his injury history. I hope which that is, is is worth m- mentioning. If we click on his playing time, I mean. Okay, no, he, he was he was injured for like he had a one long term injury this season, so that's probably what I heard about. He, he missed twenty four this year, but only sixteen this year. So yeah. I you know think it would be a punt, but like I like I I think it could be insane. He'd be so cool. I just think that's a kind of a pickup that everyone would be like, oh shit, you yeah. know, kind of like Kulisevsky or someone like that where we got him and they're like, oh yeah, like that's smart, you know, that's the kind of signing that you just go, oh that's smart. Um. My Premier League player, this is uh, for $17 million plus Harry Winks. I bet we could get Mikhail Antonio. Um, I really think we could. Yeah. I think West Ham would take Harry Winks, even though they'd be reluctant because it would definitely be our fans. You know, <laughs> you get Harry Winks, West Ham. How are you? How about that? But they've just lost Mark Noble, and I think that would be a really smart move. And I don't think we should need to pay any more than $17 million. But if we want, if we really want to be mature about finding a striker solution, Instantly, our problems are solved if we just go get Mikhail Antonio. He's a great cup striker. He offers something a little bit different than Harry Kane in terms he's a little bit more physical. He's a little bit quicker, but he's also as good of a finisher as Kane can be sometimes. I think in the box, we'd be okay with having Mikhail Antonio. Um, And his direct pace running towards center backs is something we don't have in a forward. Um, We have it in some. Kulisevsky who can do it on out wide but someone doing that through the middle would be really awesome and I think Antonio is a great focal point of a striker we could play off of him and he would be able to keep the line I think he'd be able to lead the line well and nobly so I like Mikhail Antonio I've liked Mikhail Antonio for a while and again I don't like who we've been linked with this summer so I'm coming up with ones myself yeah I mean I'm not I'm not mad at that I think if He's he listed. At, if he was at like, if he was at like Palace or something, like if he was at like Palace or like Brentford or something, and a little bit younger, I think mm-hmm. we'd be, we'd be linked to them every single day. I think it's the fact that he he's thirty two and West Ham seem to like he's like the crown jewel of West Ham despite that age. Like I don't really see them linked with. I mean, granted, I'm not on the West Ham Twitter spaces, but I don't really know who, what strikers they're they're they've really been heavily linked with. They haven't really been linked. And and one of the reasons is because I think Antonio has actually been kind of a revelation for them through the middle. Um, I mean, look back only to a year ago, maybe even a year and a half ago. And we're talking about Antonio in the context of a guy who either plays on the left or the right, but never really comfortably. Um, He is like a fine wine only gotten better the older he gets. And he has, really started to cement himself i think through the middle so i think west ham would again if west ham's stupid to get rid of him that means we should probably jump for it <laughs> yeah so I mean, you know put him on a uh, offer him 15 million put him in to put him on a two-year contract as our cup striker i'm totally you know we're we're we'll, we'll, we'll dig go deep and and 
you know, at both of those competitions. So love it. Um, and that's the type of person that we can, we can really like start over Kane. Like, I don't like, yeah. like, I don't like benching Kane in cup competitions. And even before Conte, we used to always do this. Like we do a cup, we'd have a cup game and we'd play like Lucas up front or Son up front instead of Kane. But then he'd come in in the 60th minute, like when it wasn't going well. Like Kane needs to like not even be in the squad sometimes. Like he has to, bro needs to rest. He yeah. Needs to die. Like his legs are both going to snap on the opening day if we don't give him some rest. <laughs> like poor Kane. Yeah. He played as much as, as many minutes as Hugo Lloris, who stands in goal for 90 minutes. Like, it's yeah. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. The last couple guys I've got, um, they're both MLS players, but they are MLS players that one I'm actually dead serious about. And the other is, this is me risking things. And like, I just love him. The player that I think Spurs would be pretty legitimate to sign is Talis Magno from NYCFC. Oh yeah. He's a baller. He's a young, he's a young Brazilian winger, but I would encourage you to look at his dribbling stats. Um, it is his dribbling stats. I mean, he basically as an attacker has green is all in the green uh, in terms of most of his statistics. And he's the 99th, percentile for progressive oh, wow. passes and touches in the and touches in the in the penalty box yeah. he is gets forward carries the ball and and often doesn't lose it he cycles it well and he's almost always the farthest forward player if we play with wing backs um i don't want him as a wing back i think he'd be in the front three but this is a dude that i think we could totally sign he's only he's 20 years old and it would probably not go that well, but I think it'd be fun as hell. I bet we could get him for ten million. Transfer marks yeah. got him at seven seven. We can, um, if we offer them five, I think they'd they'd bite our hand off. To be honest, just because MLS MLS teams will will pay will do anything to just even say they dealt with Liverpool. Yeah, you know, they I mean, dealt he's, with he's contracted until twenty twenty six, which is tough. So maybe it's you know goes from eight from from eight mm-hmm. instead of instead of five. But I mean, but this. I'd love to see that. I mean, I think the only, the only, sorry, go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah. Sorry. I, I just, you know, I'm looking for the next Alfonso Davies. Um, mm-hmm. Bayern looking when no one else was uh, at that yeah. MLS group that a couple back. And it's really clear that there's some hidden gems in there. And from what I've been watching of the MLS since Alfonso Davies, very few players, if not any, besides maybe Brendan Aronson, who got out really quickly. Um, is Talis Magno. He's got, he's got pace, creativity, and he's also got this directness that I really, really enjoy. And MLS is becoming less and less of a gamble in terms of where it really is. Yeah. I I think that's great. I mean, I think my only hindrance there is I'm kind of like, he would be, he would be actually, I think doable if we hadn't signed Brian Hill, because we could totally like, instead of spending so much money on Brian Hill, like we did, who I still am like holding out for, but yes. <laughs> you know, we could offer We could have paid way less for a player like him, loaned him to like, I don't know, Fewer. like mid table Bundesliga, maybe, or even- see, probably where Paratici can tell a little bit more. Yeah. Like a physical high paced league, maybe the Belgian league, maybe the Eredivisie even would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and just be like, let's see how you ball. <laughs> And then worst case is a sell on, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I like that idea for sure. I think that I think that would be so cool. My last player, this is totally super hopeful out of left field. Um, but I mentioned Brendan Aronson. I'm all I'm after his brother. I'm after his little brother. 
Um, Paxton Aronson plays for Philadelphia Union. His market value is about $3.3 million. He is 18 years old, and he is weirdly – he leads the uh, MLS forwards in pressures and tackles at 99th percentile. This kid runs, and he runs around a lot. He works way too hard with, uh, as a defending forward, and I respect him for it. But the reason that I like him is uh, I think Spurs missed out on Brandon Aronson a lot. And, and I know that they're brothers, so it sounds short-sighted to just call them the same player. I promise they're the same player. I've watched Paxton play. I've watched Brendan play. Paxton Paxton Aronson is a very energetic uh, player who gets the ball at his feet. And if he's anything like his brother, he's going to get out of the league within eight months. And he's going to go out to Sporg or maybe the Bundesliga, whatever it is. I think uh, these are my two MLS guys. I'm always going to try and mention MLS if I can. Um, but Paxton Aronson would just be a great, like young guy, Cam, um, that we could wait and take a lot of time on. Yeah. Uh, but I keep it interesting. Again, I, I, this is a video and a topic I was super excited about and wanted to just yeah. throw in guys I'd like to see, cause that's the topic, I guess. I mean, that would be sick. And I think worst case with any of these, and, and this guy and any guys like that, like coming from a, from a league like the MLS, just buy him and loan him back. Just buy yeah. him back out. Like MLS will better. Pay. He's gonna appreciate. He's eighteen. If at twenty two, okay. at twenty two, he'll either be the same player or like um, or like amazing. So it's like, I mean, I do think that like Brendan Aronson. I understand. Like, unfortunately, while I love supporting a big club like Spurs, yeah, part of me is also like, God, I wish we could sign those crazy unknown players like Leeds or Brighton. You know. But what's realistic is like if Brandon Aronson works, he's gonna go to like Chelsea as like a Mason Mount rotation, and you know for like yeah. sixty-five mil in a couple of years. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like we have to be that we have to be the the tier above, which is awesome. But, yeah, yeah. Um, it, <laughs> you're crazy. totally right, and you know we I, we have to think. This is part of the fun about a topic like this in about the summer is we don't have to think like Leeds this summer. Um, yeah. last we did this summer, we have to think of bigger players. And so, yeah. um, keep in mind, both of us putting, uh, Indica and the Catalera is, is smart. I think both of those guys are guys I like more than anybody else on the list. Yeah. Um, who do you think out of all the players that have been mentioned today, uh, that you would take the most? If I could pick one. Yeah, just pick one. How about I'll pick the best from yours and you'll pick the best from mine that neither. Yeah. So First I- five. Still figuring out how to even talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of who. Okay. So there's Talos Magno, Paxton Aronson, Mikhail Antonio. Yeah. I, I had Giracy, Cherokee, Magno, and Cherokee. Paxton Aronson. I think the most sensible is probably Giracy. Yeah. But I really want Cherokee. Yeah, and that I think that that's that's what I kind of was arriving at too. I was like, man, and honestly, shout out Ren. I'd take Beauregard. I'd take Terrier. I'd take Laborde. I'd Laborde. Yeah, that seems great. Lavorfinia came from Ren too. They're really producing a lot of talent. So fair play to Matt, them. Your list, and I'm cheating a little bit because he's on mine. But Charles de Cadillac, yeah, I think would be the player of all the names we've mentioned today that I'd be the most happy with. Um, and then 
I'm praying for Jed Spence. There aren't many right wing backs available. Really yeah. hopes that one. Fine. I know. I really don't really know what we're waiting for. It's just, it's so weird when, when you have the, a deal like Basuma come up when it's literally just, you wake up one morning and Pratt and uh, Fabrizio is like, it's been done. And then, you know, I think it's been 10, 10 or 11 days now since we last signed a player. So it's like panic stations for Spurs Twitter. But <laughs> Yeah, we were promised, we were promised an anti-Spurs summer and we hope that that stays true. Hopefully it stays the same. And that's why I think that's why I going back to the, the idea of that, that statement signing, like I think we, we need to just like if we drop like 60 mil, 70 mil on someone, obviously sensibly. But if we make that kind of signing, I think that's going to really cool. like because everyone's still like Spurs aren't winning the window. They've signed a 33 year old on a free like it's like. If Parasitch was. If we paid 25 mil for Parisage, people would be saying it's a, it's a, you know, a coup. So like, yeah, if his contract was, he'd be worth 35 million. So, yeah. so, yeah. I mean, I think that's, oh, I was going to say, I'm surprised you didn't pick um, Castellanos from them. From Castellanos. Yeah. Um, the only reason is because he's not young. Oh, is he not? Um, no, he's in his like he's in his later twenties, I think, or not later twenties, but he's in his twenties. As I let me check, but I I've watched him. He was linked. I think somewhere is it Leeds? Yeah, he was linked to Leeds. Valentin Castellanos. Yeah, I mean he's yeah. he's twenty. He's twenty three and he's got incredible numbers, but um, I think that he's a little too old. For an MLS buy at this point, um, the pun on the MLS MLS talent. But like, I I think that I think um, he could probably definitely go to, um, he could definitely go to the championship league. On he would rip it up, and even the Bundesliga, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, and I think Leeds would be smart to go after Tati Castellanos or Valentin Valentin. Yeah. Um, but I think his teammate Talis Magno is gonna go somewhere and blow up in a way that I'm kind of don't want to be the team that missed out on that. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. That makes me excited to think about. I kind of, I, mean, uh, I don't know. remember the last time we signed an MLS, but did we, have we, uh, we signed Deandre Yedlin from the Seattle Sounders. Oh my God. Um, who was a backup to Ben Davis, who was a backup to Danny Rose. Wow. At the time. I remember, and yeah, Yedlin. I remember playing with him and using him in FIFA. Yeah, Yevlin didn't play for us ever. Um, and I think that we signed – oh, nope. The other Americans that we signed, we got, you know, we got Dempsey from Fulham and yeah. Friedel some, somewhere else. So I think yeah. that was our signing. I don't think Spurs are too excited or too adamant about signing players from MLS. We've expressed almost no interest in dealing with that league at all since Anton Walks went there to Atlanta United back in 2019. So There you go. Anyways, I think this is awesome. I think yeah. that these names are great, and and Spurs clearly have a lot of wiggle room this summer with what they want to do, and we're yeah. really excited. Um, they're smarter than us, and at least we know that this year with Paratici and stuff. So hopefully, hopefully they can really pull something out of the bag. I'd love to see two guys we've mentioned today though brought up brought to Spurs somehow. Yeah, I think if we I think if we get a couple of the ones mentioned, I mean some of them are already linked, so that would, then that would be that would be a win for sure. But yeah, all right. Well, let's call. I don't know what how long that was. It was probably like an hour, I think. Yeah, thereabouts. Uh, um, 
Thank you guys yeah. for tuning in to the first episode of Spurs Out West. Let us know if you haven't, if anyone's watching this, let us know um, what you want us to talk about in a future episode. Otherwise, we'll probably just cover current events. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, in future episodes, we'll have nice, shiny microphones, silver microphones that, you know, our voice will sound all crisp and ASMR-like. So stay tuned. Don't forget and telling me why you hate our striker options we've been linked with this summer. They're terrible. Give me better options. I'm yeah. tired of bad names on Twitter. Give us better ones. Be creative. Yep. Well, words right out of my mouth. So, yeah, honestly, yeah, let's get that going. Comment section, who, what would you do with the 100 mil? Yeah, what would you do? This has been fun. Yeah, all right. Dare to dream, dare to do. Come on, you Spurs. Coys, signing out. <laughs>